0: Welcome, dear happy warriors, to the Rabbi Daniel Lappin Show, where, as regular listeners to this podcast already know, this is the show where your rabbi reveals how the world really works. But even more importantly than that, this is the show that speaks about things that really matter to you. And even more important than that, this is the podcast on which we reveal that the more that things change, the more we need to depend upon those things that never change. And here we are instantly at odds with the popular culture. Now, the popular culture, I have to tell you, Uh, has been largely adopted by the zeitgeist, by the spirit of the times. And and what's more, the popular culture more and more begins to resemble the uh, newspaper of the Soviet state in the bad old days called Pravda, where the news organization, the news agency or the news outlet, is not so much reporting on the news as it is telling the populace what they are supposed to think about things. And so, for instance, at the time that I'm recording this particular show, one of the uh, fairly noisy um, issues being argued about in the popular culture is whether Boys can turn into girls and girls can turn into boys, whether men can become women or women can become men. And so, for instance, there is considerable uh, interest in the fact that a current nominee for a vacant seat on the United States Supreme Court um, reported and responded to a Senate question uh, by a woman, um, and the question was, "Can you define a woman?" And she said, "No, she's she's not a biologist; she cannot." And I find it hard to believe that a sentient human being uh, cannot define woman. I think the truth is that she decided not to. She was frightened to try and define woman, and so uh, that would be an example of where. Uh, the popular culture is is just plain wrong on so many things. Uh, as far as Pravda is concerned, a, one of the major American television networks, NBC, actually photoshopped a picture of this man who is swimming on a woman's swim team. That's right. And if you actually look at uh, pictures that NBC ran Uh, three weeks ago and pick with a picture that they ran currently you'll see very clearly that her features were softened she was given female complexion Uh, it even looks as if she was given eyelashes wonderful what you can do with photoshop these days but uh, this is pure pravda this is nbc saying that uh, if they can get enough men looking at that picture and saying ah hot woman That will help move the needle forward in the goal of the modernist agenda, namely to eliminate any real identification of male and female. And in previous shows, I've discussed why the left has such a deep and vested interest in eroding male-female distinctions. Uh, That is something that we've spoken about. So uh, somebody at NBC decided that photoshopping this man swimmer, this male swimmer uh, to make him look more feminine would help the cause. And so is this a news organization? No, of course not. It's a propaganda outlet clearly. And um and and that is what's happening. What is so very disturbing, certainly for the United States of America, and I have no reason to be more optimistic about other countries, what's so disturbing here is the large number of citizens, the proportion of the population who buys unquestionably into whatever the media put out. Um, it is disturbing. And uh, I, in, in the last podcast, I, I actually said very clearly in the first nine minutes that anybody who buys the simplistic media depiction of the war between Russia and Ukraine uh, is not a fully grown happy warrior. It's as simple as that. Now, I know what uh, a number of you are going to feel or even say to me, if you write to me, um, about today's show. You're going to say, Rabbi Daniel Lapin, we've had enough of you you are trying to move us back 200 years. Listen to you talking. You're so out of step with current reality. You're so behind the times. You are trying to propel us backwards in time 200 years. That's what you're trying to do, to a time when people had primitive understandings about sex and gender and uh, people had different understandings. Marriage meant something completely different, Mm -hmm. right, in the uh, 1800s and in the 1700s than it does now, and so uh, we tell you that you are no longer relevant because you are trying to move us back 200 years. To this, my dear happy warriors, I respond by saying you're 100% wrong. That charge is incorrect, it's untrue, it's illegitimate, it's spurious. I absolutely and unconditionally deny that I am trying to move us back 200 years. What I'm trying to do is move us back 2,000 years. Now, this comes with its perils, obviously, because I am often administering Uh, remedies, and solutions. And you know, one of the things I always say is that I teach ancient solutions for modern problems. That's what I like doing. I'm giving you ancient solutions for modern problems. And uh, that works a whole lot better than modern solutions for ancient problems, by the way. Uh, There's only one problem with ancient solutions for modern problems, and that is that uh, for many of us, it is too late. I'm, and the, the evidence of this, by the way, is the most poignant category of letter that I receive. Uh, it is the most poignant type of comment that I will see on uh, YouTube videos of lectures and teachings that I've given. It shows up with uh, great frequency And uh, it always saddens me, but I I totally understand it. The response, the comment, the letter always says the same thing in in different words. But the basic message is where were you when I was making these wrong decisions 20 years ago, 30 years ago, uh, however many years ago? And uh, I totally get that, I understand it. And uh, I, I, I know how painful that is. Uh, one of the most painful words in the English language is regrets. And it's a word that is derived from the Hebrew. Uh, and it's a, it's a word that has extensive usage in the Hebrew scriptures because it is so much a real part of living. And that is that we very often discover only much later the mistakes we made much earlier and in many ways it's one of the enigmas of life but uh, it need not be fatal because available to each and every one of us was information right there were bad mistakes i made when i was young and uh, partially i would have to say i knew better and partially Uh, I have to admit that had I sought out counsel, I had access to many people who could have given me ancient solutions to modern problems. There were many people, but uh, for so many of us and so many of the people who write in saying, where were you when I needed to make these decisions and I made the wrong ones 20 years ago— Um, the answer is it's still worthwhile knowing. First of all, sometimes on some level, to a limited extent, it is actually possible to to repair, to put things right, or at least to make a measure of improvement. Uh, Secondly, there are younger people to whom you have access. There are younger people over whom you may wield more influence than you realize. And uh, it's hugely helpful for these people to hear from you an understanding of the mistaken direction in which they are being sadly tugged, and for you to be able to provide at least some insight into how the world really works. You know, as painful as it is for for all of us, I often say that uh, the overwhelming majority of today's financial problems are the result of bad choices we made yesterday. And it's absolutely impossible for an honest person not to agree with that. If you're suffering Financial stress today. Recognize that it's because you made certain bad choices yesterday. Somebody um, commented on a, uh, a podcast that I was a guest on, and I, I made I made this uh, this point. I was talking about uh, why uh, Jews have traditionally been disproportionately ranked among the wealthy and successful and uh, i've explained the uh, the teaching and the understanding there was a part of jewish tradition that helped people and this of course is the topic of my books thou shall prosper and uh, business secrets from the bible it's the essence of the 10 part video training series on my website called the financial prosperity collection Essentially saying, look, here are the principles that you would have used. Were you not making mistakes yesterday, these are the things you would have known and acted on. And now, whether you are Jewish or not, here they are available to you. Can you turn the clock back? Obviously not. But can you make the right decisions moving forward? Absolutely, yes. And will making the right decisions moving forward give you a better future than you might have had otherwise yes no question about that and it's not too late uh, that's why i encourage people to go to my website I and mean, for heaven's sake the information is available not broadly and not widely but if you want to bring into your life some of the financial pr- principles and the secrets to making money that have been part of the tradition of the people of Israel, and the full explanation for why they have been disproportionately successful, then you absolutely want to get hold of the financial prosperity collection. You absolutely want to get hold of the books, Thou Shall Prosper, and Business Secrets from the Bible. You absolutely want to go to my website, youneedarabbi.com, or rabbi.daniellappen.com brings you to the same place, and you want to go to the store and focus on the financial side of things, and you will find exactly the right resource that will help break you through your temporary paralysis and move you in a convulsive bout of frenetic energy and effort and enthusiasm onto a new plateau of economic achievement that's that's what you need everybody needs that and uh, somebody wrote and said uh, well i i don't agree with you i think it's much more important to study the good book and to do good actions than it is to make money. And I said, look, um, you know you, you probably are somebody who believe that uh, food and water are much more important than oxygen. No, these are all things you need. oxygen and food and water. We need these things to stay alive. And the notion that it's either or, that you either are going to be, a good Bible-believing person who's going to focus on Bible study and on doing God's will, and what? Remain poor, starving, unable to support your family, unable to take care of yourself and your dependents? Why? Why are those things mutually exclusive? They're not. We're supposed to be doing all of that. And I explain it, obviously, much more fully in the resources I mentioned at the, at the website, rabbi rabbidaniellappin.com. Now, all of that pertains to the F of finances, right? You know that if there is one thing to which I am solemnly dedicated, and that is to make sure that anybody who wants to become a happy warrior moves forward on growing his five Fs, his finances, his faith, his friendships, his fitness, and his or her family. And so, uh, so far today, I've been talking about uh, finances, but we must also talk now about family, because in exactly the same way that so many people, so many of us, have made appalling mistakes yesterday, which have brought about financial stress today, so it is, that so many happy warriors and so many other people as well have made bad mistakes about family yesterday that have brought about unhappiness today. Now, I will just uh, remind you, again, I, I like to think that there are regular listeners and by the way those of you who write to tell me where you're listening from I really appreciate it uh, there've been so many wonderful letters lately from so many different parts of the world I really appreciate it and uh, it's it's very exciting because at the time that I left um the uh, KSFO I left the radio station I was on in San Francisco and I left the world of terrestrial radio and moved into the wonderful world of podcasting, it was a good few years ago, at the time I was I was disappointed, I was distraught, I was sad at having lost my radio show, and I had no idea what a blessing in disguise this was. I had no idea that uh, podcasting was going to move into the forefront, and what is more, was going to give me the pleasure and the delight and the fulfillment Of serving people not only in one city and not only in one country but literally all over the world it's it's quite wonderful and there it is that uh, in the same way that many of us are suffering financial stress today as a result of mistakes we made yesterday so it is that uh, many of us are in uh, situations family-wise that uh, bring us a certain degree of sadness, because we realize we made mistakes yesterday. Now, to, to clarify, when I say family, obviously, uh, that starts off with the area of male-female relationships at its most basic level, right? Uh, are you with me on that so far? Because if you think about it, uh, the way I like to put it is, absolutely the only reason that you have cousins to get together with and to enjoy time with. And the only reason you have uncles and aunts uh, to bring humor and eccentricity to the Thanksgiving meal, and the only reason you get birthday cards and birthday greetings from uh, uncles and aunts and cousins, the only reason is because many years ago, grandpa met grandma and they took a deep liking to one another and they began to live together. That's that's the result. As a result of them being together, the result was one or two or more children they had and one of those became your parents and others became your uncles and your aunts. And so the family grew. But that happened because grandpa was attracted physically to grandma and grandma was physically attracted to grandpa and both were willing and eager to do something about it and to consummate that attraction and so obviously within the category f of family Uh, Of course, we can talk about child raising and we can discuss uh, relationships between parents and children and between siblings, and we can talk about so many different things. But don't forget, it also includes the frightening and uh, sometimes disturbing topic of male and female relationships at their most basic level. And sadly, many of us have made mistakes in the F of family every bit as serious as the mistakes we made in the F of finances. So, uh, in the podcast I did about uh, why Jews are disproportionately successful with money, um, some guy wrote, and he was highly indignant. By, and he said, I'm Jewish and I'm poor. I struggle three, um, three uh, jobs and you're completely wrong. Jews are no more successful than anybody else. So I, I wrote back and I said, look, oh, he said he's got a degree, he's educated and still he's poor. So obviously I'm wrong. So I wrote back and, uh, and said, look, um, if you're serious, in this discussion, I will tell you that in 98.78% percentage uh, percent of cases of people suffering financial stress, uh, it is strictly the result of bad choices they made earlier. And so uh, you say you are educated, and you have a degree, why don't you tell me what degree you've got, and I may be able to explain to you why you're poor. And he actually said, uh, yes, he got a degree in journalism. Okay, So it's as simple, did he stop before that to say, how many people out there are interested in the services of somebody with a degree in journalism? Honest to goodness, if he would have spoken to me at the time, I would have said to him, you would do so much better going and getting yourself apprenticed to a plumber, because you'll make more money and you won't have student debt. And you know, you're learning something that people find useful. How do I know they find useful? Because they're willing to pay you. And now, with your Ivy League degree in journalism, you are discovering that, well, <laughs> nobody actually feels like paying you for anything you can do. And so, yes, there's a very good reason. You made a really, really bad choice. Now, that's not hard to understand. It's hard to accept, it's very painful to accept. Uh, every microscopic morsel of our bodies uh, rejects that notion because regret is so painful to say i i have to look back and acknowledge i wasted my time and my money going to university and acquiring debt and getting a degree in something only marginally more useful than a degree in uh, middle period byzantine frescoes uh yeah what do you expect we we have made mistakes and the same way we've made mistakes in the F of finance, we've made mistakes in the F of family. Uh, it's just that sometimes the F of finance is a little easier to see than the F of family. And uh, I I am going to actually give you an example now. And I, I really did think long and hard about this, my dear happy warriors, uh, because I I recognize that there are going to be a number of listeners for whom this is going to be painful. And I I really went backwards and forwards. Maybe I shouldn't do it. And then I thought, wait, is my job here really to massage you with warm butter? Is my job really to protect you from painful information? No, it is not. I am your rabbi. And that means that I have to impart truth that is ultimately helpful, even if not to you, then to others in your orbit, and so uh, I, I think enough of you all to believe that you are capable of hearing painful information, not necessarily enjoying it, but hearing it, right, and so in exactly the same way that many people can hear, you know, um, y- you were really, really wrong not to start serious savings as soon as you started making some money. You were really wrong not to start serious investments when you started making money. And it's painful to hear that for somebody who hasn't done so. It's very painful. There's no question about it. But it is the truth and uh, knowing the truth is important. There is value in being enlightened and there is certainly value in knowing something so deeply and with such painful passion that you are more effective at communicating it to other people whom you could help. So all of this is by way of introduction uh, to something that I've spoken of in different ways before. But in this case, we're going to start off with me reading to you, um, or I'm not going to read to you, but I'll give you the gist of an article in a very well read woman's journal, and um, here is the story. this was published in february twenty twenty two february twenty seventh to be precise and here is the title of the piece and you'll pardon me uh, it's it's a little bit vulgar and it's certainly never my intention uh, deliberately to be vulgar for its own sake but here. Uh, I I am sure that there is so much of importance that it is necessary for a happy warrior, men and women, to understand that I'm going to tell you about this article. I'm, gonna, I'm not telling you the magazine it's in, but I'll tell you the headline. If it's really, really important for you to, to get hold of it, you can Google it and get it. But I'm saving you the trouble of actually having to read the whole story. I'm giving you all the relevant information you need are you ready for the title? No, I I mean, are you really ready for the title? Because it's unpleasant. Here is the title. The article is headlined, How to Hide a Promiscuous Past from Your New Man. And it goes on the, the subheading, is saying, is saying, essentially, you're so into this new boyfriend that you don't want to risk scaring him off. And uh, here's what's so valuable to understand right here. Before we go any further, what is so valuable to know and understand is that this acknowledges my ever-present slogan, the more that things change, the more we need to depend on those things that never change. And one of the things that never changes, my friends, is the idea of, and you'll, I'm I'm using, you'll pardon me, I'm using specific language here, exclusive ownership of a woman by a man. Now, what I mean by that is that no man who still possesses his Y chromosomes, uh, would ever be willing to share his woman. That's just not something that is part of men, and what is more, that is always how it was, and that is always how it will be for as long as men walk the surface of this planet. I'm not trying to sound... uh, hyper dramatic here or anything it's just it's a basic reality now uh, is it true that men have been encouraged to try and tamp down that instinct in themselves sure the popular culture is trying to demasculinize men all the time but an essential part of masculinity is exclusivity over your woman it is also true that uh women desire to be possessed and owned, if you like, by a man. And that is why it is that uh, it is quite common for a woman to say to her male lover, make me yours, or I, I want to be yours, or, or, or take me. But uh, it would be extremely unusual for a man to passionately declare Take me, make me yours. And that's, this is just not how it goes. Uh, the The reality is that part of femininity is being possessed, and part of masculinity is exclusive ownership, if you like. and uh, And that's what the uh, the wedding ring has always symbolized, and that's really basically what people always understood. Now, uh, we'd have to go back in history, a little bit to, um, the 1960s. And, uh, you'll remember in 1963, the Camelot couple, the dream president, John F. Kennedy and, uh, his wife, the bewitching Jacqueline Kennedy. Um, in 1968, she married Mr. Aristotle Onassis, the Greek shipping magnate. And, um, people in America, many people in America were terribly torn by that. On the one hand, they felt they wanted this woman to, to find happiness and to uh, be able to continue her life. This is, after all, you know, five years after her husband was brutally assassinated. and so. Uh, but at the same time, at the same time, and you want, you need only look at some of the women's magazines of the period, which are so interesting to see how many people, not just women, many people were uncomfortable with their queen, if you like, with the wife of their great President Kennedy, uh, essentially now belonging to another man. And so, I should mention that um, from a biblical perspective, one of the uh, rules, and it's it's a tough rule, there's no question about it, I'm you know, it, it basically means that with privilege comes responsibility, but you won't be surprised to hear that the widow of a king of Israel is not allowed to remarry, right? She doesn't marry anybody after that, and there is a reason for that. And I want you to think for a moment about the time frame here. I'm now talking about what happens about the, with the wife of a great man marrying another man later than the time she was married to the man we're talking about. But then we're going to also talk about what about being married to somebody earlier. Okay, let me try and explain that. But first, I have to tell you something that will shock you, but uh, that in itself does not constitute a reason for me to refrain from sharing this with you. Um, And again, I, I don't know of any easy, gentle way of telling you this, and so I just have to tell it to you straight. And that is that in reality, now this is not what you're going to hear in popular culture, but, and as always, I don't ask you to just take on faith what I'm telling you. Don't do that. Think about it. Listen to it. Measure it in the context of your own life experiences, of the things you've read and the people you've met. And then, little by little, it will become apparent to you that I am telling you a fundamental truth. And that would be a nice time to write me a letter and say, I didn't really think this was true when I first heard you say it, (laughs) but as time has gone, well, okay, yeah, it's always nice because I usually just hear from people who object to things I've said uh, but every now and then, somebody special actually takes the trouble to write back and say, you know, years ago I heard you say this, I really didn't like it, it offended me, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, but uh, I've come to see that it's absolutely true. Well, it'll be like that with this little factoid as well, and that is that a physical relationship between a man and a woman constitutes marriage. There you go. it's as simple as that not legally right at the moment in current times if a a man has a a relationship with a woman uh, it doesn't mean that the law says okay you're married however you will remember something called common law marriage what was common law marriage common law marriage said that if a man and a woman live together as if they are married then they are treated as if they are married what it's talking about is this basic reality. What is living together as if they're married? doesn't mean roommates. It means there is a biological relationship between them, and that constitutes a marriage. And so, the implications of this are really important. You know, people uh, people say, oh, you know, you'll never forget your first relationship, and they don't mean friendship. They're talking about a real physical relationship. Well, if that is true, and people say it is, then uh, that would also suggest that there is huge importance, much more importance to a physical relationship than people today in the culture are willing to accept. Why aren't they willing to accept? Because it makes something very important that they want to make trivial. And understandably, right, If you want to enjoy a promiscuous lifestyle, then you want women to be indoctrinated to believe that there is nothing of any significance going on. It's just a uh, a spasm in the spinal column. It's just the equivalent of a handshake. Uh, Then that's what you definitely want to try and get people to believe. I understand that. But I'm telling you the reality And the reality is that it is profoundly significant. Now, many men who are honest about this, either to themselves, which is most important, or even to others with whom they're talking, men who are honest will acknowledge that they would rather marry somebody who's never been married than to marry a divorcee. And men, if they're being honest, will also acknowledge that if they have no choice, but that they're going to have to marry one of these two women, one is a divorcee and one is a widow, Uh, in all other respects, the women are identical. This is a thought experiment, right? And in thought experiments, you can stipulate all kinds of things. In this case, we stipulate two identical women in every respect, except one is a divorcee and one is a widow, Uh, most honest men. Will acknowledge that they would rather marry the widow than the divorcee. Why do you think that is? It's very simple. It's not disconnected from why it is that the uh, widow of a king of Israel didn't remarry. Because there's something awkward about sharing your wife with somebody else, to say the least. Well, you could say, well, wait a second, it's not the king of Israel's wife anymore, he's dead. Well, that is true, but that reflects an oversimplistic understanding of time. And it also overlooks the fact that although the king has passed on, nonetheless, to his subjects, there is a part of him that's still very much alive, especially if he was a good. And uh, a and noble and courageous king, then he remains alive to his subjects. And the notion that there is now another man living with his wife, that's a legitimately disturbing thing. And that would be one of the reasons that a widow of a king of Israel did not remarry. Now, let's imagine that for one reason or another, let's say the king was alive and now another man lived with his wife, right? That would be intolerable, unthinkable. In many cultures, that man would be executed. Why? Because it is not acceptable, right, for a man to share his wife with another man, and certainly not a king, because that throws tremendous doubts onto what sort of man is he. So, if we develop a slightly more sophisticated understanding of time, then we can talk about what is it like for a man, let's call him Tom, um, whose wife lives with another man before, during, and after his marriage, Tom's marriage to her. You got it? And so, you know, time is the variable here. But there are realities that transcend the time. And so how's about um, Tom dies? And now the question is, can, what about his widow remarrying? And the answer is no problem because Tom's not a king. Tom's just a regular guy. It's not as if the eyes of the nation are on him, just as, by the way, the eyes of America were on Jacqueline Kennedy, who became Jacqueline Onassis late in uh, 1968. The eyes of the world were upon her. And did that sort of lower the feeling that people had about her late husband? Yeah, obviously, on some level on some deep level yes it does have an effect so going back to tom in the case of tom if another man lives with his wife after tom has moved on he's 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 dead okay that's okay how's about now if somebody lives with tom's wife while tom is alive that's unthinkable that's appalling that's the worst now let's move a little earlier What about if somebody lives with Tom's wife before Tom marries her and she becomes his wife? Now, the popular culture view of that is, hey, so what? Who cares about it? Nobody's business. It doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. But what I want to show you is that even people on the left, even those who are trying to remake the culture, and they know, That if they really want to remake the culture, they have to remake it in all the five F's. They've got to change what people think about faith. They've certainly got to change what people think about finance. They've got to change what people think about family. And they've got to change what people think about friendships. not an accident that uh, in the old Soviet Union, while Pravda was giving you the news, it's no surprise that... uh, Under a Marxist worldview, marriage and family are utterly devalued, friendships are turned into things of suspicion, Um, and uh, you worry that every friend has become an informer, and uh, certainly finance, nobody should have private and independent finance, it's all got to come from the state, and so on and so forth, we all understand that. And so we are talking about some very fundamental truth. So after Tom dies, another man lives with the lady who was his wife. No problem. During Tom's marriage to the lady, she absolutely would be terrible if she lives with another man, would be a betrayal of the worst sort. How's about if she lives with another man before she married Tom? and the popular culture says nothing, it's irrelevant, Tom wouldn't care, and if Tom's a modern enlightened man, he should not care, and I, your rabbi, say, oh yes, he does. Men are frightened to say the truth, and that is that most men would rather marry a virgin. They would rather marry what in Hebrew is known as a, a bitulah, somebody who has never known a man. That's what most men, but today they'd be frightened of saying that. Now, you might say, well, you know, who are you to make such a proclamation? Well, me, I'm just nobody. I'm, I'm just quoting from a magazine of the left, specially created for women. And so if I can't quote from there, where can I quote? Well, who says it's a magazine of the left? Well, interestingly enough, uh, this article has been available online since February the 27th. But um, recently, just in the last few weeks, it has acquired uh, a little preamble just before the article begins in in bold type, in parenthesis. Uh, the following words. And by the way, when I first read this, I thought it was a joke. I really, I thought it was satire until I verified that is absolutely true. They mean it seriously. We recently received a credible report alleging that one of our writers carries significant amounts of Russian ancestry by way of her grandfather. After a thorough internal investigation, we determined to fire the writer and delete her articles. We consider the matter closed can you believe that part of the left's desire to classify people not according to the content of their character not according to their own individual actions and achievements and sins but to classify people by their connections to groups are you a woman well no i'm i'm actually the wife of a great guy and the mother of some other great people Um, I'm not my identity is not a no, you can't do that. If you are a good leftist, you've got to have loyalty to your group, your class. And so it is. Um, This poor woman writer has Russian ancestry, Um, probably means she's Jewish and her grandparents immigrated here from Russia to escape Russian pogroms. Uh, That's my guess what happened. And the, this magazine, so if, if you had any doubts that we're talking about a left-leaning magazine, this really does remove it completely. And so uh, the magazine article, as I told you, reads, How to hide a promiscuous past from your new man. In other words, this woman has been sleeping around. She's been behaving abominably. Now she's got a guy who uh, she is very eager to. To maintain a relationship with, and to quote the byline, the uh, subhead of the article, you can't risk scaring him off. Here's what you got to do. Well, if they really believed in their own lies, there would never be an article like this. They would say, "Hey, the guy's got to just get over it. You know, what you, it, there's there's no reason for him to have any concern about what you did or didn't do before you met him." and the answer is they don't believe their own lies they understand that deep down men really 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 do care about your past life ladies they really really do and that for that reason uh, i whenever i speak to uh, young women uh, i said well, i speak to groups in which there are young women i said and please be aware of this uh, the quality of your marriage will be very different if you enter that, mari- that marriage, uh, I, I'll, I'll use an old-fashioned language here, in a state of purity, very different from the quality of that marriage if you don't. Does that mean you can't build a good marriage? No, of course that doesn't mean that. I'm just saying it's harder and that the the quality when there has been purity and uh, this has this marriage is the first male-female relationship you've had, you will gain the advantages, the benefit, from what you might see as your earlier sacrifices, but in reality, many times, it's really your earlier heartbreaks is really what we're talking about. So, uh, you want to know about the rest of that article? Well, you could probably write it yourself. I mean, basically, she says, uh, the author says, well, you must lie and uh, conceal your number, your count from your new boyfriend. And number two, you should try and find out how many people he lived with before you. And that way you can sort of throw it back at him. Right? This sounds like a really good way to start a relationship, doesn't it? But this is what secular fundamentalism promises you. And um, uh, I'll give you a few things from the article. I mean, listen to this. Uh, she says, first of all, let's make one thing perfectly clear. There is absolutely nothing wrong with being a slut. <laughs> Does anybody actually believe that? They certainly don't. They don't believe their own lie. Uh, and then she says, uh, in in this year of 2022, People should be free to experience sex no matter their color or creed. And so you see that this is pure uh, contemporary indoctrination. Who's talking about color and creed? What on earth does that have to do with the topic? The answer is that right now, in early 2022, nothing is not connected to color and creed. But that really has nothing to do with the topic of the of the article. And so um, there, there it is. I mean, uh, the, uh, her advice and I'm reading literally from the article now, her advice is to you lie, period. It's that simple. There, it's a, you know, lie, there it is. Look, there's, there's a lot of things to discuss about this very, very difficult topic, a lot of things to discuss. And I have discussed some of them in the past, and I will again in the future. But uh, for now, you just need to know that, yes, we have made mistakes in the past, whether it's with finances or with what I call family. Yes, and it doesn't mean that there is no hope. There is always hope. It's crucial to understand that. Does it mean one can obliterate the past? Of course not. You can never obliterate the past. You can cover it over. You can try and minimize its impact on the present, but the past is there, and we all have memories. Now, we sometimes also have self-defense mechanisms that tend to suppress certain memories that are painful, and that, that is a great blessing from our Creator who makes it possible for that to happen, right? But uh, one has to, at the same time, recognize this reality. And it impacts so many people today, because since 1960s, since the early 1960s, the left secular fundamentalism has been so successful in changing the culture and in indoctrinating people and modifying people. And the university system has been so destructive to the lives of young people, particularly in this area that we're discussing and talking about, that um, it is very hard to find one's way back to sanity. And uh, in something that undoubtedly will upset many um, single uh, women listeners, I, I I will tell you candidly that when young men consult with me, as they frequently do, um, and the question is, and here we get a little hypothetical, we move into the realm of the thought experiment, but um, the the question is, I've got the choice of two different women. Uh, they are both identical in all respects, except one has, if you like, a history and one of them, uh, is pure. Who should I choose? There's no question at all. It's so obvious. The answer is without question, and it's what I would, would tell guys. Now, in real life, it's never quite like that. It's never quite a simple choice between two identical marriage partners who only differ in this one respect, but it does mean that, uh, that if I'm going to be of any help to this man, we really have to delve into this. We have to talk about uh, how well he will be able to deal with the history of his wife, if you like. That is just a reality and uh, it's, it's a real thing. So clearly, There are many women listening to this who are going to be agitated and unhappy with what I'm saying uh, because their instinct and also the way they have been conditioned and indoctrinated to to think is that it doesn't make any difference. Um, The fact that you have had a relationship with, with somebody, it's gone. It's history. It's past. It's never past. It is always going to be a part of you. There's no getting away from that, and so uh, think about that, and you will probably come to see on your own, as painful as it might be, that that this is true, and that the reality is you are bound forever. I'm talking to the lady now, to the guy you had a relationship with. Well, she's gone on her way, he's gone on his way. What are you talking about? Bound forever that memory is still with you, and what's more, the imagination of it will be in the brain and heart of your husband, and nothing will be able to get it out. Not all the time, not always exactly the same, but when I say that when a man and a woman live together, they are married. It's, now, not legally, they can walk away and never see each other again, but they can never Quite eliminate the reality of that time they spend together, even if it was one night. so powerful is this male female relationship that our creator built into us, so immensely powerful and so immensely unforgettable and and so substantive and impactful and influential on everything else that happens in our lives. Every attempt we make to diminish it and to dispel it and to suggest, oh, it's nothing, I don't even remember it, it doesn't work. It's not at all how the world really works. Now, I really hope I have not upset you deeply and irremediably that you are able to get over it. I do hope that. But um, if I have, well, then I may as well carry on. I can hardly make it any worse And if I haven't, well, then you were able to take that permanent principle, I told you, namely that a male-female relationship constitutes a marriage, not legally, obviously, but nonetheless, in terms of a reality. It's not a nothing. It's not insignificant. It's not just a social thing. No, it's immensely powerful. And so uh, you just got to be aware of that. Um here's something else worth being aware of. Remember, We were talking about that no man who's got a Y chromosome left in his body is capable of sharing his woman with another man. Well, now I'm going to tell you something else. And again, what I'm about to tell you now is something I'll come back to because it's a, it's a huge topic. It's very, very difficult. Uh, I am not without sympathy uh, because the reality of the world we've constructed Uh, The power we've given to government, the voracious appetite we've given to government, the uh, huge number of regulations and the huge number of laws and the huge levels of taxation that have hobbled the economy, making it almost impossible, certainly making it very challenging for a a family to live on one income. I, I recognize all this and I mourn it. I weep it copiously because it's such a tragedy. And what am I talking about? I'm talking about the fact that um, working wives have a really, really tough time on many levels. They really do. And one level on which the fact that a wife in a marriage is working adds to the stress. You know, I've been talking about stress in finances, but there's also such a thing as the stress in family. We've been talking about some of that up till now, and, you know, sometimes it's, it's sometimes not even known. Uh, I have counseled in marriages where it has never come to the surface that the thing that is really stressing the marriage is the husband's unhappiness at his wife's prior relationships. And... Uh, And this is one of the reasons that uh, in a recent Ask the Rabbi, Mrs. Lappin and I dealt with this question, uh, how dangerous and wrong it is for married men or women, husbands or wives, to go back and re-meet people of the opposite sex from many years earlier. Because there are enough bad thoughts floating around your spouse's head. And now you want to go and hang out at the high school reunion with your former girlfriend from 12th grade or something or college or whatever it is. No, this is not a good thing. It's not a good thing at all. And so we have to really understand that sometimes the things that make it hard in a marriage, things that stress a marriage are sometimes almost invisible at first. If you don't know what to look for, if you don't know about anything of these things we're talking about, then you're hardly likely to be aware that you are being stressed subconsciously on this. Now, I hope it doesn't apply to any happy warriors listening, but it is certainly common among marriages today, not just in the United States, but many places around the world. It is definitely a problem. Well, so what is the problem about working wives? Well, I'm not now going to go into the question of a working wife coming home. And at that point, husband and wife have both been working all day. I mean, huge stresses at that level on every level. Firstly, on the, the, the physical and then the emotional, the, the, the problems are enormous. And, uh, and I've spoken about them and I will come back to them. But only on one level now, and that is that um, uh, if your wife, now, let's not make it you. Right? If a wife um, has a male boss at work, this is not a comfortable situation for husband. Now, hubby may not even be aware of this. This may be so deeply under the surface that he's not consciously even aware of it. But yes, uh, it is not a good thing. Remember I said that no man wants to share his wife with another man? At least no man with a Y chromosome left in his body, right? Well, you've got to understand the reality is whether we like it or not, the reality is if your wife has a male boss from whom she takes orders, then you are already sharing your wife with another man. It's tough. And the reason it's so tough is because that is, it's already the situation in which so many couples find themselves. I get it, it's hugely problematic. I'm not saying that there's no way of working around it. I'm not saying that there's no way a marriage can survive. Obviously, right? Large numbers of couples are, you know, situations where both spouses work. In many situations, the wife does have a male boss. I'm simply asking you to be aware that the good Lord created us as male and female. And there are certain structures in ancient Jewish wisdom that do not proscribe how we are to behave in the area of male-female relationships. They describe the reality of male-female relationships and the consequences that those realities have in our day-to-day lives where we try to build successful relationships. So uh, be kind to me, happy warriors. I, I tackled difficult and painful topics today All right. uh, Give me credit for that. I I didn't I didn't evade them. I've I've told you about them. I certainly hope that nobody is upset or offended or bothered or troubled. It's things to think about. It's things to be aware of. Uh, If you are still young enough to make these things part of your plans going forward, well, that's great. Then I've really done you a service. But for most of us, uh, those days are past. And now it's simply a case of being able to build the best possible relationships we can in our lives right now. And sometimes having an insight into subconscious often things under the surface that could be going on, in the hearts and the souls and in the minds of ourselves and our spouses, well, that's worth knowing as well. And so we move forward in our families, every aspect of that F, just as we do with all the other five Fs. The website, as I said, is rabbi rabbidaniellappin.com, and uh, you there can join the Happy Warriors membership, you can become part of our community of Happy Warriors. And every time you do, you not only make it better for yourself in that you have a community, you make it better for all the rest of us, because the size of a community is enormously impactful on its benefits. So I look forward to uh, seeing Communications from you on the We Happy Warriors website, and I look forward to being able to interact with you as a new Happy Warrior member. Uh, Thanks so much for being part of the show. Thank you for promoting the show in all the countries of the world. We are in so many countries. It's so gratifying. I love it. Thanks so much for all of that, and uh, thank you for being a Happy Warrior and carrying the credo of the Happy Warrior forward far and wide. Until next week, I am your rabbi wishing you success and progress and growth in your faith, in your finances, in your fitness, in your friendships, and yes, your families. I am Rabbi Daniel Lapin. God bless.